It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. Um, and I hope you're staying warm this winter season. Um... It's a very special, very special episode today. Come on over to the fire. We're having a cup of cocoa. It's resplendent with marshmallows and candy canes. Uh, Aside me in a warm Christmas sweater is AJ Faleri. I was actually going to drink hot cocoa for the vibes today, but instead... I've got oh. me an ice cold PBR, baby. That's We're talking about America's Christmas movie today. I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, and to my right, perhaps drinking a little eggnog is one India Jones. Hello, everyone. I actually despise eggnog, so um, I'm not drinking anything. But if I was, it would be hot cocoa, and I did have it earlier today. There you go. Nice. And he brought all the cookies. He made them himself. It's Joshua Dean Baker. They don't call me Baker for nothing. Yay! That's it. A hundred episodes. (laughs) So today on the show, uh, we are, you know, taking a little bit of our break from our Malazan read-through to discuss uh, Die Hard, the Christmas movie that was chosen by our generous backers on Patreon. Thanks to Mm. everyone who backs us there. And thanks for voting in that poll. Yes. So today we're getting into it. We're go- headed over to the Nakatoma building. Going to have a little bit of an exploration, go on a bit of an adventure and mm-hmm. v- visit this classic American uh, movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyone chomping at the bit to start? I love Die Hard. <laughs> um, I also d- had a great time. Die Hard weirdly is like kind of a formative movie for me um because every christmas eve we would have my mom's entire side of the family over um and you know we it would be a whole big thing she's one of nine kids so it would be a whole shindig and, and people would leave at like 11:30 or later and then um you know we'd be cleaning up dinner and we would have the television on uh and like around midnight every christmas I forget what channel it was. Maybe it was HBO. Maybe it was like TBS or TNT or something would always play Die Hard. Um, so every Christmas, like midnight, it would be like the first thing that we would watch every Christmas. Um, and also my dad just like th- likes it. And I like it for similar reasons because it's just like dumb shoot gun f- fun time. Um, and and it is just absolutely so over the top. And I, I, I love I love this movie. I, I don't really care where people stand on whether or not it is a Christmas movie because um, it doesn't really matter. But uh, I would say it's a Christmas movie. Thank you. Interesting stuff. Nice <coughs> to share your personal connection. Um, I don't know if I have such a romantic story. About, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the movie, but mm-hmm. um, Inge, do you have some deep familial bond to this film? <laughs> No, I don't. Um, but I will say I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. It's right up my alley. You know, it's not it's not too emotional. And it's like it gives you all the action you're looking for, a little suspense, a little fun, funny. You know, I liked it. It was great. It was a great time. I will recommend it. And I think I will make it like a 
tradition in my life to watch it for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, baby. It, it is go. a Christmas movie, in my opinion. It is. And, and if you don't think that, I feel like you're just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I feel like we're all really vibing on the same realm. We all on the podcast all love Die Hard. Every, we every all love Die Hard. All of us. Um, so Josh, how was uh, watching the movie for you? I don't like movies. <laughs> okay. And I really don't like rewatching movies. Mm. And this is the third time I have seen Die Hard in my life. Sure. Uh, which meant that I did approach it from a place of deep negativity from the get-go. <laughs> um, okay. Because I could be looking at new things instead of old things. <laughs> yeah. um, and on top of that, I don't like the movie. So that is my official stance. I'm so sorry. But you watched it wow. three times. Yeah, well, the, only the first time was by <laughs> Josh choice. Josh hates it. Only the first Josh time was by them. choice. Okay, what was the second time, if you don't mind me asking? My fiancé was like, we're watching Die Hard, and I said, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and the go. third time was my dumb fucking podcast friends said, <laughs> we're watching Die Hard. Yeah, well, it's good to know that at least half of your uh, your relationship has good taste, Josh. It's true, so. yeah. Oh, I do want to say before I get into the specifics, which I don't have many of, uh, <laughs> did, what really did not help my viewing was I had to go rent it on Amazon, and then three mm. hours after watching it, a, my fiance sent me a picture of it on DVD that she owns, and was like, I forgot <laughs> I had it right here, and I was not happy. <laughs> Damn, Josh could have gotten into the special features. Also, all right, I've got to put my cards on the table, guys. I was going to not watch the movie because I did not want to watch it. Okay. Okay. But then we had some scheduling conflicts, and I felt that that would not be an appropriate energy to bring to this recording, so I watched it. <laughs> Instead, okay. what I was going to do was I was going to exclusively talk about the Murderville Christmas special, which does include a very good. good Die Hard spoof. Very good Die Hard spoof. Um, that Murderville show, uh, episode is really good. 10 out of 10 episode. Doing a little viral Netflix marketing <laughs> yes. right now, are yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. I did watch that too. So good, nice. right? <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll have to watch it too. Well, so. Pete, why don't you just go and watch and we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Josh, I had a similar experience where I don't, for whatever reason, I was in a stinky mood. I don't know. I came in and I was like, Maybe I'm a little too good for this movie, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know what, I've you know, I've changed. Maybe this isn't wrong. Boom, totally out. <laughs> 20 minutes in, I'm just fully invested. <sighs> and it's just such a compelling piece of cinema. Had a great time. Nice. And how could you not like it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it, you would have to be some sort of insane madman. Yeah. Um, well, Pete, Pete well knows my, I'm there. I have, there's a documented history of me having bad opinions on movies. So I've accepted um, that in my life. <laughs> so Josh, what, what, what's caught in your crawl? Um, I just don't like eighties action movies. Mm. Yeah. This is pretty much like the eighties action. Movie yeah. No, I think that, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, okay. But what does that even mean? Josh, well, I mean, I just don't I don't love villainizing uh, German people who just want to, like, you know, get a little piece of the pie. Ooh, you know, interesting. Um, sure. Elaborate. The first thing that these the first thing that these people do is walk in and shoot the doorman in the head. Yeah. Like, but to be fair. OK, AJ, ugh, so I, I guess you response. can't murder a doorman. Yeah. <laughs> so sue him, AJ. Come on. <laughs> 
I uh, didn't realize until this watch, actually, that this was a, a film adaptation of uh-huh. a book. Yeah, yeah. Is it really? Uh, yeah, yeah the book good. is called Nothing Lasts Forever, huh. um, which actually takes place in a 40-story office building. Um, As opposed to uh, a 33 as opposed to a 33, exactly. Retired NYPD detective, Joe Leland. Uh, I'm not going to do the whole thing. But apparently his his daughter is is trapped in the headquarters. Uh, Gruber's name is not Hans Gruber. It's Anton. Uh, and then nickname Little Tony the Red. Gruber. Yeah, That's a yeah. such better name. Damn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely bonkers. Leland winds up saving the 74 hostages, including his daughter and grandchildren, which were for some reason also in the Klaxon Oil Corporation building. Uh, but also Al Powell is 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 still the L.A. Okay. Uh, police sergeant, okay. uh, uh, you know, man on the radio. But anyway, OK, that's so, yeah. Thank you for sharing. I was going to really drive us into something, but maybe we. That's not the way to structure this. Is show. it the fact that we switched the the oil corporation to a Japanese owned tech company? No, that was curious. That was I also when I part of me that's a very 80s thing. Um I was yeah. going to talk all about the Reginald Val Johnson character that you mentioned, but mm. we'll have to leave that for a sec. I think I would okay. love to hear any thoughts about Bruce Willis and oh his beautiful performance in the movie. Oh, I thought you were just going to say uh well uh, his beautiful like he's he person. looks good he looks oh, oh my god my god uh, yeah. no. the best part of the movie hands down was staring at bruce willis holy shit how does he make a receding hairline look good you know it was del- yeah. it, uh, because honestly i just don't i don't know i don't even know it, it, I, I was like bothered i was like very it, <laughs> yeah. it was just great He's also, yeah. do you notice that 80s action stars have such a different physique to modern? They're yeah, they so, have a physique have like a, a just like a strong person, not like a fucking. Yeah, they're just like, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? like what a no. real strong person looks exactly. like. Okay. Like a fucking shredded. What the fuck are you talking about? Like Bruce Willis has a trunk of a torso. Okay, but, he but, could, but you're, he's got okay. core strength, Peter. But you're touching on Bruce Willis, who's one of the things as him as an action guy and in this movie is that he's a normal looking guy. The other 80s leading dudes are like fucking Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And these crazy hard bodies that are not like normal physique. Well, yeah, Pete, that's what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sa- well, I mean, I was uh, Pete's definitely right, uh, but I'm going to pretend he's not. So I mean I, I don't know Rambo didn't need to be fucking shredded he's just an army guy like okay I mean, I'm what? looking though Rambo is pretty shredded Rambo's insanely shredded guy he, and he didn't need to be is all we're saying okay well I was more saying that modern action no there's no modern like actors oh, that you know do modern. that role and just you know look thick sure yeah you know? yeah yeah well, I definitely agree with that point. There nowadays, you know, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I missed the modern part yeah, of your point. Yeah, not I'm enough really, thickness on screen. Yeah, not enough thickness. I agree. Um, uh, I will say though, David Harbor in Violent Night. It's true. Can't wait to watch that. Need to. He's a th- he's a thick guy. He's a thick Santa. You know, David Harbor is kind of like the modern Bruce Willis in some ways. Who? Yeah. Okay. I'll rock with that. David Harbor. He plays uh, Hopper from Stranger Things. There you go. Oh, Hopper. No. No. Oh, not as hot, though. No. More rugged. Well, to be fair, he's definitely way older than Bruce Willis was in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I don't think he sings old show tunes or whatever Bruce Willis sings. Yeah. 
Uh, fun fact, the, the credit union I used to work at was in the town that Bruce Willis graduated high school from. Mm. That was such a tangential fact. I thought it was going to be such a more... No, sorry. He, he's from New Jersey. I guess I could just say that. There like, we he's from go. South New Jersey around where we grew up. But um, my, my boss at the credit union graduated college, uh, graduated high school with him. So that was kind of fun. Interesting. Yeah. Um, shout out Jersey, I guess. Uh, sorry, sorry, guys. Actually born in West Germany. So get fucked. What did you just say to me? Did you just look up Bruce Willis? Yeah, but then they moved. So <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, here's my main thought about the cop. Yeah. So he's there and it's Al like Powell. He, Al Powell to be the Al Powell. Yes. Yeah. A really easy name to say. Al Powell. <laughs> yeah. He's telling the story about when he like <laughs> shot this kid. And then from here on out, he's been like, tra- like he's like, oh, like now I have all this doubt. That story you know hits I mean? different in 2022. Yeah, it hits. It hits for sure. When he's like, yeah. oh, I murdered a kid. You're like, okay. Huh. But then the end of the movie, there's that beat where he like kills whatever the brother is or whatever. You know, Carl. Yeah. And so in this moment, is this supposed to be like, oh. Thank God, through this awesome experience and meeting John McClane, our cop will shoot l- someone again. Yeah, regained the power to murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the arm, yeah, like, is, is that his arc? Do you mean? Yeah, I was I was really like struggling to come up with like a message for this movie because going into it, you know, I've seen this movie a bunch, but I had never like thought about it really. So going into it, I was like, oh well, this has to be like copaganda, right? Like this just has to be like cops are good, but then like. A lot of the L.A. cops are so incompetent and like that's their whole thing. And the FBI also the FBI is, really is like, incompetent we're just going to murder civilians. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, OK, well, these are pretty interesting vibes. But then I think given that scene at the end where he shoots Carl, uh, I think the message of the movie is good guys with guns are good. And that's the whole message. Yeah. Definitely. And also women shouldn't have jobs because it'll put them in danger. There's okay. So my, my partner, Tara, big shout out to Tara for pointing this out because I, I, I didn't make the connection in, in the beginning when, uh, John meets Ellis, who is, uh, the best oh God, character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the guy who's just constantly doing most, cocaine. Re- most relatable for sure. Uh, so Holly introduced when Ellis is, is talking to John and they're like, Oh, Holly, tell him that we, you know, you got the Rolex, you got the watch. He's talking about the watch. And then at the end, when Hans is hanging off on her arm, he's grabbing onto the watch and John unclips the watch. And Tara's, <laughs> Tara pointed out that this is symbolically like, Oh, now she like if she didn't have this job, if she didn't get this watch, she wouldn't be in this scenario. So the only thing that can free her and save her life here is if she gives up the Rolex, if she gives up this job and can go back to, to just like being a, 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 a wife and a mother um, uh, and, and uh, letting John save her, which I thought was a pretty interesting uh, thing to point out. Um, I, I just... 100%. <laughs> and I do think. In that argument between the two of them, you know, I think you can see that. I don't know. I don't feel like that scene. The scene could be a realistic argument. Do you know what I mean? I don't actually mm-hmm. think that scene's written to slant one side. No. But then the rest of the movie goes on to be all about how she's super in danger and he's actually really good and he needs to embrace <laughs> traditional ideas around masculinity <laughs> and that'll be awesome and save her from her unhappy life in the office. Right. Exactly. So I, I think it's tough because I really like that argument scene, but then the rest of the movie, 
I think definitely advocates for those ideas in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. But also then it's like, and then the, the rope gets caught on the gun and he like shoots with down the gun. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm, It's good. Yeah. So India, had you seen it before? No, I only saw a Rick and Morty episode that came out this season and it was, it was like, it was a diehard episode and I was so mad because we had already discussed watching it and I didn't want to watch the episode without watching the movie, but I did and I had no idea what was Uh. going on, but (laughs) um, now it all makes sense and I'm going to watch it again. Mm. Did you have like a favorite a favorite action scene? Because there's there's a lot of scenes in this movie that made me go like, fuck yeah. My I really actually like well, and this is also from Rick and Morty. Um, so <laughs> Summer like is the John in this. Okay. And she kills the guy in the beginning and then he has and then writes like on his shirt, like <laughs> now I have a machine gun. <laughs> um, or something. And I loved yeah. seeing that in this movie. Like yeah. when he kills the guy just immediately in the beginning and then it's like, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. When they all see that and they're yeah. like, what the fuck? I loved oh, it. I loved it. I loved it. I love those little yeah. one liners. Yeah. This movie is full of one liners. There are moments when John is alone and he says one liners to himself. And it's a funny mix between like what's supposed to be like, it's like supposed to be like, oh, gritty. It's like this real life. It's like supposed to be playing it intimate in a sense. We're mm. not over the top. But then it's like all the time saying insane one-liners. Yeah, yeah. I would say this movie is is pretty camp. Oh, very camp. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. No, I don't think it's. Spo- I don't think it's like super gritty. But I think it's compared to other types of action pictures. I do think the point is like he's an everyman. This is normal. You know that. Although the, I think the situation's heightened. I don't. I think the point is that it's an interior low stakes thing in a sense. I'm not sure I get what you mean by interior low stakes thing, because it felt pretty high stakes um, with the explosions and the helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I guess all I mean is, in my view, the story is pretty small. It all takes place in one location and it's mm. about several characters kind of coming in and out of in conflict with each other repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a sprawling story about going places or interacting with lots of different characters. Uh, it's about a small cast uh, Got it. in one place. So Got it. Understood. Yeah. But I'm not sure how that... The, the smallness of it does or does not make it camp, I guess, is where I'm. All right. I don't know. Well, I feel like we've <laughs> I've re- I feel like we've really gotten off, you know, okay, um, sure. Let us know what you think is the movie camp or not. <laughs> you know, there was there was one moment. I can't remember the specific shit. I can't remember the specific moment, but they were, I was like, oh, this movie. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's obvious that this movie like knows what it's doing and knows what it's like referencing and stuff and whatever. But there was one specific moment that I can't remember. So this is just making incredible content um, <laughs> that I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, OK, this movie like totally understands what's what's happening here. Um, and I just cannot remember what it is. Uh, I do have to say, I think I love the scene. Um, this is like a new a, a new one for me, uh, uh, like loving uh, is when he's crawling under the table getting shot at mm. and then he gets to the end and the guy's like you're all out of table you're gonna have next time you have a chance to kill somebody you shouldn't hesitate and then he <laughs> shoots <laughs> him through the table uh, a half a dozen times and it's like thanks for the advice <laughs> i thought that scene fucked I, that scene's so good uh and i and i i didn't remember it uh which which i was really happy about uh getting to experience it <laughs> uh with fresh eyes this time um that's a great scene definitely something that struck out to me this time 
I guess just like the abrupt murders, you know, yeah, every time dude. they happen. I was oh like, oh my God. It definitely, I it affected me. And I was like, oh shit, we're like, we're doing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. When the doorman got shot in the beginning, like immediately, I was like, oh. Yeah, it is quick. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, yeah. I think it really gets you off, like up into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I mean, you, you said that you don't like this movie and you didn't have a good time. Do you, did you appreciate any of the action stuff? I know you said you don't like 80s oh, action stuff, but so let me rephrase. It's a good movie. I sure. just don't. I just didn't. You know. Yeah. It's not. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm sorry. The action's great. You know <laughs> who does? Josh like the scene. Josh like the scene where he was on the plane, and the guy said, "You should take your shoes off and make fists with your." Toes. I'll say this. You know, I don't think about movies when I watch them. Uh, and yeah. so this was when he said it this time. I was. I did this time go probably important huh it's probably important <laughs> that the movie starts with that because i have long wondered why the fuck were his shoes off the whole movie yeah and uh, it was only on this third viewing that i was like oh okay two and two together yeah. which is i think an absolutely wild setup like he didn't need to be barefoot the whole time there is no reason there's like very little payoff right in my mind there no. was gonna be that was in my mind i thought there was a scene where he like they like break the glass and he steps on it or something. And then on this watching, I was like, that I guess doesn't happen. No, it does happen. Does it? it? Does. Okay. Yeah. But I, I was doing a lot like... of cooking during this movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I also just feel that contributes to just the kind of the vulnerability that the character is portrayed with. Mm hmm. Sure. You know, because he's like dressed in the undershirt. He has no shoes on. Sure, he just, yeah, you know, yeah. has the pistol. You know, I, he doesn't appear that strong and throughout the movie, you know, and then he ends up shirtless and then he ends sure. up this way. You know, oh, I, can we talk about the shirtless? OK, mm. we can gladly talk about the shirtless. <laughs> I just wanted to make some noises. It's good. <laughs> OK. No, I didn't um, want that, actually. Wow. That was the noise. OK. Josh started it. <laughs> <laughs> you ended it. Um, Excuse me. So I don't know. Maybe we should all become shoeless. Maybe we should all just take our shoes off. Yeah, I thought the guy was going to say something about, like, grounding yourself, you know, like, touch grass or something with your shoes off. He's like, nah, just make fists with your toes I'm, on the carpet. Yeah, but that does feel good, but I don't understand. I don't, he only flew from fucking New York to L.A. That's like a six-hour flight at most. I think it's four. It's not even that bad. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's really funny when the guy sees his gun as he's getting his, like, yeah. stuff to get off the plane, and it's like, oh, no, a man with a gun, as if, like now is the time that he's gonna pull the gun out when they're all getting off the plane i don't know that felt like it was kind of silly but then also his justification he just says don't worry i'm a cop and the guy's like oh okay which like i don't know man yeah i guess it's 1988 i guess it's 1988 is the thing uh it's true <laughs> a really different era a very different era first plane travel specifically yeah that's what they tell me not that i was flying am i right <laughs> yeah India, did you know Alan Rickman was in this movie? He's so good in this movie, it's insane. I had no, I, first of all, no. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I didn't know who Alan Rickman was until, like, the name. I was like, yeah. oh, huh. So that's who that yeah. is. <laughs> and this, so you weren't really, you weren't really struck by it then? No, I won't. I, I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah, yeah. fair. Like, at, like. And now, to be honest, you saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tara didn't realize that it was him either. And what? I was like, I, I don't know. I feel like he's got such a distinct face. Like, I it's feel the like. Hair. It's the, the hair. It's the, the hair. The voice, yeah, too. Well, the voice definitely. The voice definitely gives it away. But, like, you don't see. You don't hear his voice for a hot minute. But, yeah. No, I think he. he I think he's really great in this movie. I love 
the scene where he's on the roof looking for the explosives and meets John and yeah. like puts on the like, I'm just a hostage. That oh. is like one of my favorite scenes oh, in God, cinema. Don't do that. Like, yeah, he, he gets real pathetic really easily. Really yeah, well. like that, that no is like burned yeah. into my yeah. brain. Oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. it's so good. Which brings me, and maybe that's just because I'm a little avatar pilled at the moment. <laughs> oh my god! Um, sh- shout out to the Patreon if you're trying to get some of my avatar thoughts. Did you put a poison out? But uh, yes. But what I was gonna say is, is it tr- is it really just if you have a great rivalry in the movie, mm. it, it maybe the movie just gets ten points better? Do you know what I mean? I feel oh, like for just. Sure. The interaction between McLean and Gruber is just so fucking compelling. It's and it's, so good. It's so good. And they have all these different types of interactions. They're talking on the phone. Then they have this weird meeting role-playing thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then it, uh, just, I don't know. I, I The two of them are a compelling du- duad. I don't know what the word is. Duad. Duad. Duo? Dyad. Forced, the forced dyad. I don't know if you know. I don't, actually. <laughs> Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. And then the ending of this movie, um, like, not the ending, but like the last like 20 ish minutes where it is just like there's like a full minute and a half nonstop machine gun shooting where they shoot the glass and stuff. That was like really honestly stressful to watch because it kept going and it was like so much louder than the rest of the movie. I was like, surely it's not going to be this loud for that long. I won't turn my television down. And then it kept going. It was so loud. Yeah, it was so loud. Uh, but then like the the reveal with the, the kids and John and Holly's relationship and they send them to the roof and they're going to blow the roof up and all that stuff. Just, I, like the last 20 minutes in this movie, I think, are like perfect action film. I think they are so fun to watch. Uh, and even the, like going all the way to the ending where he drops the gun and has the other one taped to his back with the season's greetings tape. So good. Oh man, dude, that's really good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just love this movie and I, I, I think I'm, I, I'm so happy that we watched it. Honestly, thank you uh, patrons for <laughs> voting on this movie. Cause at first I was like, Oh, I've seen this movie so many times. I don't want to watch it for a podcast, but like I turns out I really wanted to. <laughs> I also had a great time watching the movie and it seems like India and seems like Josh did. Josh loved it. Um, I did want to quick get we'll our temperature on any of the other diehard movies. I was also going to ask. Never yeah. seen any. Yeah, but definitely. I, I was thinking that, too. Um, I would be very open to watching all at three. Is it more than three? I think there's three. Others. There's four. There's four. five, five, five. five. I would look, I would wa- five. I'd watch any of them because it'll be the first time I've seen them. And therefore, I'd Me probably too. enjoy they'll be, it. They'll be good. They'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think honestly that would be an interesting little little side thing because like these movies you know 2022 <laughs> we watched the Die Hard yeah. franchise six very hard movies <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> but like Die Hard two comes out in 1990 you know that's basically the same era Die Hard three 95 Die Hard four 2007 yeah, that's Justin Long's in that Die Hard baby Wait, I thought it was I thought it was Shia LaBeouf is it Justin Long no <laughs> no Shia LaBeouf was in Eagle Eye. Come around, on. around that time, which is a similar kind of vibe. Uh, yeah, it's Justin I Long. I cannot believe it's Justin Long. Hot, hot off the That's PC Mac commercials. Fucking crazy to me. I mean, you mean uh, hot off acceptance, the greatest 
movie. <laughs> probably one of the movies I've seen the most of my fucking life. Mostly because it's, it's always on Comedy Central for like ten, wow. for ten years. I've I've easily seen that movie like thirty or same, forty times. Same. Wow. <laughs> uh, but then a good day to die hard is 2013. Now I forgot so they like, had that, that one, and that one would, didn't do what they wanted it to do. It wanted they want they were trying to spin that off into another Die Hard franchise, right? Is they that were what it definitely was? trying to get the juice going again, and because yeah, I think his daughter is in Live Free or Die Hard, I think she's the one in danger in that one. Y- yes, I yeah. believe so. But yeah, and I believe the fifth one is his son. However, I haven't seen that one. I'm just just remembering the lore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to touch on really quick. What did we think of uh, the Argyle like subplot where he's just hanging out in the parking garage and then crashes the fucking limo into a guy? What's not to like? Um, it's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Argyle is in the movie too much. I'm gonna be honest. The, this oh. I was not. I the scenes of him dancing in the limo. I was like, I get it. We have to know he's here for some reason at the end. Josh, there's like two scenes with the guy. No, there's three. He's on the phone with okay. his girl, and then. That's He's true. with the bear in the back seat, and then yes. he sees the stuff happening, and he tunes into the radio, and then at the end, he sees the ambulance. It's too much. Okay, I guess it, you really kept notes of every time the guy was on yeah. screen. Yeah, I'm shocked I had those ready. That's really good. Any, what were you going to say? I feel like he was just very much a like a diversity hire. Mm. Interesting. Why do you say that? Because there was a... Um, like, you know, your typical lack of diversity, except for your one token black guy just being silly in the car. Yeah, you've got a one black cop and then mm-hmm. Argyle and then ex- and then the tech guy. Yeah. Notably, no one who works at the company is anything but white or the one Asian owner. Um, yeah. No, there are other Japanese people at the company, but I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's most. Yeah, just, I looked the guy up, by the way. Hawaiian born. Huh. Cool. Did not know. There you go. That was a fun uh, fact. Yeah, I, I, I will say the Argyle like caricature is like like very of its time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. but I've good. never driven a limo before. <laughs> you know, literally. Like, okay. Literally yeah. <laughs> kills me. Uh well I definitely agree that comedy bit would not be put in on screen today. No, yeah. Yeah. But that's like why some of the movies from like a bunch of years ago are so funny still to be honest mm-hmm. you can't do yeah, it anymore no, like scary movie one like you, you could never oh, yeah i think it's i think it's interesting to see that stuff uh on on screen um period that's the whole sentence that's yeah. <laughs> however i if, do like him i thought he was you know cute and funny he kept he kept things light yeah but like did you feel like we needed that in this movie like no. i feel like there were Exactly. Right? That's what exactly. I feel like. I feel like Thank there you. was like heavy stuff happening where he's like running around on glass and stuff. But it's also like he gets into the vent after almost falling down the elevator shaft, lights the lighter and goes, oh, come to this. Come to this city. We'll hang out. It'll be a good time to himself. That's to funny. No one. See, that's it's like funny. he's that's breaking the tension. Right. Exactly. It's not like it's not like Argyle was there to break the tension because I feel like the tension was only ratcheted up so much before it was instantly like the pressure was instantly released yeah, in some ways. I agree. A hundred percent agree. But I, I don't know. I guess he needed to be there to crash into the hot to the ambulance. Yeah, at the he end. absolutely I needed yeah. that. They needed that. Scene. <laughs> they needed that. To yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, the, the, the tech guy pulls the ambulance out of the truck and they're like, fuck, he's going to get away. How do we stop? him? Argyle. <laughs> yeah, I do also love the limo pulls out and 
John is standing next to Al. There are 40 other cops around doing whatever. Yeah. And John just says to Al, don't worry, he's with me. As if there aren't 40 other cops ready to just shoot whoever comes out of this building. <laughs> John's like, no, 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 it's fine, Al. Don't, <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> I just thought it was good. I mean, in your defense, those 40 other cops had a chance to shoot the next guy and only Al, you know. Yeah, that's fastest, true. fastest trigger hand in the West. Draw in the West, and he finally learned his lesson. Time to kill, go yeah. back to killing. Yeah, yeah. that's really that is a really interesting. Like, what what are we supposed to get out of that like storyline? Is it like great? He can shoot someone again. Like, I think I, that is. Or is it, I, or, I think that is basically the. Or message. is it like now that he's used his gun to kill a bad guy, mm. he can go to heaven or something? Well, he's gonna be. He's for, he's in the next movie, and I imagine. It I is, think Argyle is too. That's I, really I, good I, if so. I, uh, I think they are only in two, which is the most direct sequel. Yeah. And because three, do you guys know about Die Hard 3? No. Fun, I just need to share the fact. Was it going to be another movie and then they made it a Die Hard movie? That's exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah, classic. Nice. Complete, had absolutely no relation. And they're like, cool, well, let's just do it and that's why for no reason john mcclain is the part of a buddy cop with sam jackson well it's also it's based on oh no never mind sorry it's based on a different book by a different author but the characters are by roderick thorpe which is which is the author of the the uh nothing lasts forever which the original Die Hard is last uh based on so that's funny so they were basing a movie on simon says and then i guess we're like that's this works better as Die Hard, and then just took the characters from Wow. Um, nothing lasts forever that's have any of you ever read read any of those like um like dad, tom clancy stuff? yeah your tom no. clancy-esque spy military i read some, some grishams in high school you read, interesting this is it's a good thing my family will never i i have to share this dark secret please my aunt bless her soul <laughs> got her hands on some grishams i think that's who it is let me let me just triple check grisham um, is a name yeah I want to make sure I'm getting this right of, of who wrote this fucking book. Sorry, it's a James Patterson who is typically oh, who is typically pretty safe. Ooh. She bought me this. She gave me this book called Kiss the Girls, which is based on a movie. Okay, mm-hmm. but the book has some scenes in it, and I've. She asked me how it was afterwards, and I was like, it was really good. She bought me several <laughs> more from the same series, and no. like I guess I just got to get into it. There is a scene where a girl who has been kidnapped has milk put in her butt, and so a snake would go into it for sex. What the fuck did you just tell <laughs> that me is this? A real Why scene? did you just and put what? this you're, you're, into the <laughs> radio's air? I had read these books. She was just <laughs> like, I think Josh will love these. And I had to be like, it's really good. But I could never tell her. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I could have done without that for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Josh. Milk? I'm sorry. I have too many questions. I we have to Sarah, I'm just gonna copy here. I just uh this is from a website. Don't. You can just if you if you're morbidly curious, you can read a quick some summary of that chapter. Just you can just go to this link right here. Oh Christ. Josh, man. I feel like you're doing kind of a reverse Itcovian. Instead of like taking my bad vibes, you're <laughs> thrusting <laughs> bad vibes yeah. onto me. Who needs therapy when you have a podcast? Am I right? <laughs> um yeah, thanks. That's that. Thank you, everyone, for supporting our our very special oh show. Oh my god! <laughs> you shouldn't this, have read it. This is horrific. AJ, I was like, 
14. What is this book about? You were 14? Yeah. This is a series? There's more than one of these? Yeah, it's the Alex Cross books. It's like the, all the, this is a movie too. And Along Came a Spider. They're all Alex Cross detective. Although they made Alex Cross Morgan Freeman. In the books, he's like significantly younger and constantly fucking. Wow. And your aunt bought you this book. My incredibly prude aunt did no research. this is the second Alex Cross novel. Yeah, this is I, well, look, I read Along Came a Spider, and it was, I mean, there was some sex, but it wasn't, you know, this. Oh, my God. I hate that this chapter cuts off, the snake is attracted to the smell of the milk, dot, dot, dot. Hey, whoa, hey, hey, that is, hey, that's verbatim how the chapter ends. Okay, oh. Josh, Josh, why did you just have a link? <laughs> Just just the girl snake. Josh remembered the exact chapter. I just I just happened to have the passage pulled this, up right I here. I haven't thought about this in marked off with years. Years. <laughs> It's known as Josh the actually day has Josh a tattoo. lost his innocence. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's got a tattoo that says the snake was attracted to the smell of milk. <laughs> my butt just has milk here and an arrow. <laughs> it's your tramp stamp. Fucking Christ, a tramp stamp. Oh, my God. Oh, well, thanks to the patrons for uh, voting and asking us to talk about Die Hard. It was an absolute delight. Yeah, I don't know how much we actually got into the movie, but... Um, I had fun talking, and um, should we get a little sentimental for the new year? Should sure. We a little ho ho hoing sentimentality. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. Merry Christmas, all uh, happy holidays. Like I said, <laughs> happy new year. That's all. I, that's it. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. It really means a lot to us. Um, I think we're all really excited here uh, at Ten Very Big Books. As we are pushing through the ninth book into the last one, and mm. we're really trying to figure out how to wrap up um, our read through, and I think we're all really excited, and I think it's going to be a great new year. So I'm looking forward to doing that with everyone. Yeah. Um. Me ho, too. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Uh, and just a just a quick plug because this will be on the main feed. Uh, this show, this episode was voted on by our five and ten dollar patrons. Thank you all so much for for voting. You can get access to the polls for five dollars on our Patreon, access to all the bonus content that we've released on the Patreon for three dollars. We just released a conversation between Pete and our friend Nate talking about Andor. Uh, Great show. Come. I love talking about it. Andor rules. Yeah. Uh, so that just went up on our Patreon earlier this week at time of uh, at the time of the release of this episode. Uh, and so there's a whole bunch of other stuff up on there as well. Uh, and we've got some fun stuff planned in the future. So you can get in there for just $3 and you get access to all of our bonus content. So thank you so much to anyone who has, anyone who will uh, support. We really appreciate it. All right. Should we maybe go out on a royalty-free Christmas carol? I was going to say, I say, yippee, you say, Kaye, and then we all yell, oh. motherfucker. Okay. That's great. That's All right. great. All right. Yippee. Kaye. Motherfucker. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. You have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. 
another orphan of a bankrupt culture. This is John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? When we finally kiss goodnight. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you'd like